Honda, Jeep and Nissan Gold, Silver and Bronze, respectively, in the May 2020 Automotive Bullshit Olympics. Well done there. Thankfully, not even a zombie pandemic can put a dent in humanity's significant resilience when it comes to bullshit. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au, the place where Australian new car buyers save thousands of their brand new cars. <laughs> Hit me up on the website. Now, preemptively to lawyer assholes everywhere, I say now, this report is my honest personal opinion. Bullshit and lies, you know, they're just not the same friggin' thing. For full details there, disambiguation, whatever, consult the world's leading academic authority on bullshit, Professor Harry G. Frankfurt, everyone I know should read this book, and everyone I don't also. It concerns one of the most salient features of the human condition in modern life. Come on. First now, to Honda. Still forgetting to wear pants in R&D, sadly. But, that's not funny. Someone corporate and high up decided to produce physical and online marketing collateral for, uh... That's right. This particular bullshit Honda abomination. Genuine antimicrobial shield. Until June 30. Batteries not included. With some explicit guarantee to give you extra joy. Which I thought was traditionally the Ming Mole's job in the average dealership, anyway. Many thanks for the alert on this to a chap named Christopher Sant, whom I presume is reflected just right there. Hashtag legend. To Honda marketing douchebags, I would respectfully suggest that this suggestion is up there with demented Detol Donnie's recent ejaculation that science should perhaps investigate injecting zombies with UV-enhanced disinfectant. And then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute, and is there a way we can do something like that? Uh, by injection inside or or almost a cleaning because you see it gets on the lungs and it does a tremendous number of the lungs so it'd be interesting to check that so that you're gonna have to use medical doctors with but it sounds it sounds interesting to me yes mr president there is absolutely a way to do this unfortunately though at this stage the cure is somewhat worse than the underlying condition but Honda dickheads are just as bad, in my view. I mean, those illiterate mother lovers cannot even get the friggin' name right. Surely this is a genuine microbial shield. I mean, we don't need a shield against antimicrobes because any self-respecting microbe would eliminate an antimicrobe spontaneously. I think they proved that the other day at the Large Hadron Collider. Anyway. Exactly what makes this interesting product genuine, I wonder? What is it? Does it come in a bottle with a Honda logo, perhaps? And I would so love to do a documentary on the development and all of that rigorous medical testing which must have taken place. Plus, of course, the detailed application on a punter's car by highly trained technicians. I'd, I'd love to see that. That story would practically friggin' write itself. Honda assholes provide further information, if that's the right word, 
online. Goodbye, bacteria. Honda's genuine antimicrobial shield is a non-toxic interior treatment that sanitizes and protects interior surfaces and helps to eliminate unpleasant odors caused by everything from food scraps to pets. Once applied, the genuine antimicrobial shield forms an invisible barrier on all your interior surfaces and air conditioning system, immediately purifying, sanitizing and eliminating harmful microbes and bacteria that may be present. If I may be permitted to ask just one seemingly pertinent question at this point, what fucking good is it exactly if it's not toxic? I mean, I would want mine to be fairly fucking toxic to microbes. I'm just funny like that. But it is very clever, I think, to prey implicitly on people's zombie pandemic panic. And of course, hashtag genius, Honda does not once mention this product's effectiveness as a countermeasure against viruses. Because we would not want to be subsequently sued by the zombified. We are further, let's call it, informed. A layer of microscopic pins coats the surface and kills the pathogens by piercing and rupturing their cell walls. Permagard's surface and air therefore kills germs by mechanical means and is non-toxic. All currently known superbugs are defenseless against our cell wall rupture technology. Those little pricks if that's actually the case, I wonder why they don't use that stuff in hospitals. Impale the shit out of those superbugs! I mean, why are we wasting this miracle medical development on car interiors? Riddle me that! I'm not sure that even a weapons-grade Ming Mole could sell you that bullshit with a friggin' straight face. A tiny array of spray-on Vlad the Impaler-style skewers for bacteria which let's not forget the zombie pandemic is not, which you cannot feel, cannot smell, and cannot see, fucking course, and quote, continues to work even after interior cleaning, end quote. That's quite clever indeed. I think you'd agree. And by clever, I mean impossible. Created with germ-conscious drivers in mind. Created with unconscious drivers in mind. But anyway, yes, that germ-conscious driver with an IQ below the ambient temperature in degrees C. This hastily concocted Honda bullshit requires religious faith levels of rationality, in my view. Imagine if instead of this breathtaking science-denying disingenuity for the mentally feeble, Honda had simply devoted its resources to making its cars contemporary, or even just competitive. Honda, the power of tiny pricks. Moving to Jeep now. Another top-level performer in the bullshit production pandemic, I think you'd agree. The importer of some of the worst vehicles currently available and backed by an equally appalling commitment to customer exploitation. Jeep Shitsville, however, has suddenly changed its tune. Kevin Flynn, who is recently to Jeep Shitsville what Darth Vader was to the Galactic Empire, briefly, recently blamed sustained shit Jeep sales upon anti-social media commentators, bastards, for the brand's reputational problems. 
According to Mr. Flynn, as I understand it, and I am paraphrasing, the brand was an innocent victim of a sustained and wholly undeserved attack by malicious trolls, such as myself, misrepresenting this icon of automotive excellence. Yeah, douchebags like me and course, problematically, the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety, they were in it too, misrepresenting this beacon of advanced technology as, I don't know, little more than underdone seven-slot shit heaps with customer care inspired by Satan. And of course, extortionate parts pricing across the board. But now, with an apparent complete disregard for the concept of continuity, Jeep Shitsville claims. We're listening and we're changing. At Jeep, we're making changes to ensure that every driver is looked after. So when adventure calls again, we'll have your back. Okay, so let me get this straight. If you change to ensure every driver now gets looked after, is this not some tacit admission that previously some Jeep drivers were in fact getting rather fucked over. Why not just run with this and be done with it? That'd get some fairly positive social media traction, I'm pretty sure. Now, allegedly, Jeep is changing in response to feedback from valuable, previously fucked over, customers. Presumably customers including the Lawrence family, who were quoted almost $50,000 to repair their shitbox Grand Cherokee diesel, which went poopy in its trousers, outrageously enough. And thankfully, on this matter, Jeep grabbed its ankles and copped the cost. After very unfair and sustained asshole social media troll pressure, which, let's not forget, never would have friggin' happened if they'd just done the right thing in the first place. More affordable parts. Over 17,000 parts prices adjusted to reduce the cost of ownership. Now with even less extortion, it seems. So that's nice. I'd love all of this if it were in fact true because I want to love Wrangler and I particularly want to love Grand Cherokee. Mainly that SRT. <laughs> Yes. Unfortunately, though, despite their gravitational pull in the domain of subjectivity, they're just not the kind of vehicles a sane person should buy. There's also this. More technical specialists, including a team of flying mechanics, ready to travel anywhere in Australia to get you back on the road. Somebody in the corporate comms team really should have suggested to Big Kev that the the term flying mechanics kind of lacks intrinsic credibility because A, mechanics can't actually fly. They're like pigs in this respect, or I don't know, nuns. It's just a nice idea. And B, nobody's flying at the moment, so there's that. These mechanics are therefore somewhat like unicorn shit in the ontological domain problematically. To the Flinster, whom I presume took this toxic job voluntarily, I'd suggest A, the facts are actually not malleable, mate. You Fiat Chrysler Muppets just look like ongoing, enduring dicks who are 
trying yet another vacuous bullshit tactic to get the seven-slot Titanic up off the friggin' ocean floor. And B, talk is cheap, mate. I'll believe this stuff when I see a mechanic hovering above my head with a friggin' torque wrench. Now to Nissan, which punches well above its weight typically, but only in terms of bullshit production, unfortunately. Nissan Zero Emission Ambulance becomes part of Zero Emission Tokyo Initiative. <laughs> yes, that's right. Nissan Shitsville, so unbelievably dynamic, so engaged with local initiatives here in the trailer of ass that they are now cutting and pasting bullshit press releases from the Japs as some sort of perverse quest for underlying relevance. Nissan chumps back in the land of the rising sun have produced a 3.5 ton electric dust off bus. It's like five and a half meters long and two and a half meters high. It carries seven people and packs a 33 kilowatt hour battery. And yet, despite this compelling evidence of intrinsic energy intensivity, Nissan has the breathtaking gall and the staggering presumption of ambient audience stupidity to refer to all of this as a zero emissions undertaking. It takes guts to do something like that, and sometimes guts is enough. But frankly, I yearn for the good old days when Nissan had real stories to tell and not this straw-grasping bullshit. You know, like back when former boss Carlos Ghosn was bundled into a double base box by some A-grade mercenaries and smuggled out of Japan for Lebestania on a private jet. Yes, those were good times. Even locally, you know, the Chicksplainer, such a communications triumph. A hottie, right? Well, I mean, she's half hot, but hardly a Ming mole. I mean, she was under 40 and she had a pulse, though, okay? And the hottie was recruited by Nissan Shitsville brilliantly to demonstrate how not to wear a friggin' seatbelt at great expense. Let's dive deep. Let's dive deep. Let's dive deep. Let's dive deep. Indeedy do. Let's. My cock and I absolutely loved the way Nissan pulled down those videos so quickly. I mean, he was especially erect that day in the coop with all the chicks. Yes. Nissan strongly believes in sustainable mobility and strives to contribute to a world with zero emissions and zero fatalities. This project is another great example of our efforts to enhance accessibility of eco-friendly vehicles to local communities. No, it's just not. And what is this bullshit about a world with zero fatalities? Are we really talking about a place where we banish death, where nobody dies? Last time I looked, dipshits, death was part of the human condition. Anyway, Ashwani Gupta there, representative executive officer and cheap, cheap, <laughs> he probably was cheap, chief, Operation Officer at Nissan. I do wonder what sized musical instrument case he fits inside. Has he been fitted up just in case he too needs to sidestep the Japanese criminal justice system, you know, in the future? This absurd concept, okay? Zero emissions, ambulance bullshit, you know, twice in the one friggin' headline. 
It just saddens me deeply because of its disrespect for the facts. It's emblematic of the disgraceful way the car industry is broadly hijacking the concept of emissions. Here's the pro tip, okay? Nissan dickheads. You cannot produce a three and a half ton metal box containing a filthy big battery with litres of paint and copious plastic and all those machining and underlying logistics operations and then go ahead and call it a zero emission vehicle. An incredible amount of energy has gone into the production of a vehicle such as that. And this input energy is so vitally linked to that product's total emissions. So I call on Nissan assholes, in particular here, but also the car industry more broadly, to stop disingenuously greenwashing itself in this deplorable way. Just because there's no exhaust pipe, I mean, that's not the same thing as zero emissions. And do tell us, Nissan engineering chumps, exactly how far your shitbox EV ambulance has to drive in Tokyo to offset the CO2 emitted as a consequence of its own production. That will be decades. What would be truly interesting in terms of all of this is that kind of information, but I'd suggest it would hardly fit the zero emission bullshit press release narrative. And to Tokyo regulators, I'd also suggest that the greenest ambulance initiative you could find would probably be to refurbish the city's existing frigging ambulances out of a deep underlying respect for the future and the energy slash emissions already embodied in their friggin' construction. Just amortise harder if you want to save the planet, dickheads. To governments and car makers broadly, I would respectfully suggest that the concept of mankind consuming its way to a greener world is one of our race's least defensible positions, inconveniently. I mean, it's not going to work, right? How much more inconvenient does it get? The facts really do matter on issues like this. In any case, how significant is the greenhouse contribution of ambulances globally? I'd suggest not very. When I am in Tokyo in the friggin' future and Godzilla bites off my leg, which my research indicates is a distinct possibility, pretty clearly that happens a lot in the future over there. So when that happens to me in Tokyo, inevitably, I do not actually care how filthy the tailpipe of my ambulance is. I will brook no delay en route, the better to be I don't know, rushed into some advanced Panasonic medical pod and have some cute Nipponese medical technician dressed like a mighty Morphin Power Ranger, yes, only in a miniskirt, diligently press the John's leg goes back on button. The better for me, you know, to get back in the game like Jack Bauer and save the world from an outbreak of city-crushing reanimated zombie friggin' dinosaurs. Bastards. Make Australia less shit. Yes. And I'll have you know, I will hop into that limb regrowing pod with joy in my heart. See what I did there? Provided there's a team of flying mechanics hovering close overhead as a kind of QRF in case anything goes wrong. And provided that pod is coated with an invisible nanotechnological infection crushing bed o nails powered by those little pricks from Honda. I mean, nobody wants to come out of a situation such as this like Jeff Goldblum when they're trying to save the world. 
That's all I want from the future. Is it really too much to ask?